This podcast was recorded for the Sound Environment Show on Radio Galari. Radio Galari is a community radio station based in the Kimberley, Western Australia. For more information, go to www.galari.com. Buru Energy is currently doing a seismic survey at the Kurrajong site near Lake Eda on Roebuck Plains. We spoke to Wade Freeman from the Australian Conservation Foundation. As I said earlier, one of our major concerns is um, transitioning out of dirty fossil fuels uh, in towards a more sustainable, renewable energy and, and economies. Um, so for that very reason, one of the things that is a huge concern of us nationally and locally is the uh, issue of fracking, hydraulic fracturing. And recently, some of your listeners may or may not know, there was a large seismic work um, happening just east of Lake Eda, um, we're probably talking about 50 or less kilometres from Broome. Um, and it's in the middle of the Roebuck Plains, the Roebuck Floodplains, which leads into the Ramsar listed and National Heritage listed Roebuck Bay. Uh, and although seismic work has happened a lot around the Kimberley and in a lot of areas, um, this one was particularly disturbing to view. Um, I thought this um, particular bit of exploration was looking for conventional um, uh, petroleum resources. It was looking for oil and conventional gas, not for unconventional gas, which would need fracking. Yeah. So I'm not sure what the link is. Um, I'm sure if they find... It's the same company, Buru Energy, that's looking for the unconventional gas on that area, but I'm sure if they find uh, unconventional gas or oil... Um, they're going to go for whatever they find. Um, it is a general exploration permit, but they are stating they're looking for oil. They're stating are, that they're following the same trend that resulted in the Yongani oil well, which yeah. has been reasonably successful for them as conventional oil. So one, one mm. assumes that um, you know they're going to find... They're, they're looking to confirm things that they think are already there. The two things that were important to us is one is just transitioning away from dirty fuels, whether it's oil or gas. Mm. Um, and the second is that this is a highly um, environmentally sensitive area um, and that has huge cultural values as well, um, being so close and adjacent to Lake Eda. Um, what was interesting is, well, what is extra disturbing um, is that... It's disturbing a pun. Is di- <laughs> Sorry. It is quite disturbing. <laughs> Sorry, what was disturbing, and- Wade? The, what we what was planned um, was 1,600 kilometres worth of track work, um, crisscrossing that country like a giant chessboard, um, 200 metres apart. Um, it's a a length of track similar to travelling from Broome all the way to um, Catherine in the Northern Territory. Um, yeah, so that's about what, 660 hectares. Because mm. each, each track is you know wide enough for a bulldozer to go through. Yeah, so. each, mm. On average, it's 2.5 uh, metres wide. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's an area that, um, of 623, I believe, hectares. And it also, because this work is happening under a exploration lease permit... Um, it actually doesn't have to go through any EPA or any form of land clearing approval. So this work can just happen despite the fact that it is a culturally and environmentally sensitive area, despite the fact that it is a known bilby habitat region. Um, it happens without any clearing approval at all. But it's not like it's been unregulated. Um, 
Brewer Energy is required to have an environmental management plan. I've got a summary of it here. Um, also, we've contacted the Department of Mines and Petroleum to get a comment on it. And um, also we contacted Brewer Energy, but Brewer Energy declined to respond in any way. So... Um, <laughs> No, thank you, Buru, for not responding. <laughs> That's not much help. But like I said, we did contact Buru, no response. Department of Mines and Petroleum has uh, pointed out that they're, under their plan there is a 50-metre buffer around any ecologically sensitive areas. Um, there is a management plan to help reduce impact on bilbies and uh traditional owner heritage monitors are present during the clearing activities to identify any cultural sensitivities and also environmental sensitivities such as bilby burrows uh, and if bilbies are found then um sorry one moment no oh, sorry lost my train of thought there <laughs> yep. uh you know, apologies for that but anyway so there there, there is a plan and all of the trucks that they're using are fitted with gps's that are meant to go so that they are aware of where the no-go zones are and they go around them. It is, I think, two kilometres away from Lake Eater mm-hmm. and the Department of Mines and Petroleum also say that they consider this a low-impact activity because mm-hmm. they use what they call scraping, which mm. scrapes the vegetation off, yep. leaves, they say, the majority of the topsoil there and the roots and the underneath. Roots. Mm-hmm. And um, when I spoke to the media person, Jean Stewart, she said that they understood that given that the roots were still there or the vegetation grows back relatively quickly so you know given all that yes it is a large area but maybe it's not as serious serious as you're making it sound um i would obviously i would debate that (laughs) um we found it quite serious and quite disturbing there are known active bilby burrows within two kilometers of that area 50 metres is hardly a buffer zone for a bilby which forages up to 5 kilometres a night when we know there are bilby habitats within 2 kilometres of that region so there could be bilbies anywhere at any time in that area they also um, what the, this, I did also read with interest that you know the, the type of seismic work that they do is called scraping where they leave basically the root stock and just take the um, tops of the trees and vegetation off what we saw from the air and what i clearly filmed um, was whole trees just being ripped completely out of the ground with huge doses three working at a time um, moving faster than anyone could run in front just trees just being pushed completely over there was definitely definitely no um, rootstock being left in the ground at all that i could see from my um, from my filming and that the blade was well into the ground and it was actually bulldozing soil out of the way. So I would debate um, what they claim to be scraping. Um, I would call it bulldozing. Mm-hmm. I mean, approximately how big were the trees um, that you saw come down? Oh, we, we are talking about Pindan Wattle country, so we're not talking about the Jarrah Forest of the southwest. Mm-hmm. It, it is open woodlands. What is you know disturbing is that you know this, this woodland is a floodplain, as I said, for the Roebuck Bay, um, for the Roebuck Bay. But um, it's also an indication of what the industry potentially has in store um, for Broome and for that region. That if they are bothering to do exploration in that work, that there are plans for either conventional um, or if they find it um, un- non-conventional gas 
being built in that area. And, and this is not only within the floodplains, this is also, once again, um, within the water catchment and the aquifer systems for Broome. Um, in the north of Broome, in the actual bore fields, there are also similar um, tenements that are explored for oil and gas. So, you know, this is something that we need to be watching very closely and have great concern about. And the fact that it doesn't need any land clearing um, by the Department of Environment, um, I think, is a huge concern. Mm-hmm. I think Oops. it's um, very instructional for people if they go to one of the several online free public mapping sources that are available, like Native Tidal Vision, which is produced by the Native Tidal Tribunal, or the DMP's mapping system on their website, or the Aboriginal Heritage Inquiry system that's published by the DAA. All of those systems allow you to bring up all of the exploration and mining and and production tenements that are around. And when you bring them up and have a look at just how much land is covered by these tenements, it's... Yeah, it's a lot. It's pretty much all of it. (laughs) Yeah, certainly the greater proportion is covered by one tenement or another... And I think some of them do overlap. Or a bit of both. <laughs> a lot of places there's, you know, an oil and gas tenement and a mineral exploration tenement. Mm. Although, I mean, anyway, as it stands at the moment, this uh, the way this seismic work's done is perfectly legal. It's um, currently within the regulations, although, as you're reporting, you may have seen some inst- instances where mm-hmm. the regulations weren't being followed properly around mm-hmm. going around trees. Mm-hmm. Um, I know... A few different environment groups have written to the Federal Minister, Greg Hunt, asking for him to call a halt for the activity under the Environmental Protection Biodiversity Conservation Act. Mm-hmm. Um, given, Wade Freeman, given that, you know, this is just p- potentially just one of m- many exploration activities that we might be seeing happening in the community in the future, what would you like s- to see change about the way ex- um, petroleum um, and uh, unconventional gas and... Well, and conventional. and conventional gas exploration is done in Western Australia because I mean, it sounds like from what you're saying clearly something needs to change. Hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> Where do we start? Um, We've only got seven minutes until <laughs> the end of the hour, so... <laughs> oh, okay. Briefly. Um, the fact that the whole industry is unregulated and, and is being run through the Department of Mines and Petroleum is a concern and the recent release um, by the WA parliamentary inquiry into fracking in WA although expectedly it did give the green light to um, fracking uh, hydraulic fracturing it did raise concerns about transparency within the issue and it does draw some conclusions that there needs to be more independent regulation um, at the, the situation we have at the moment is the fox in charge of the hen house and the other part of it is that we seem to have once in, in this industry we seem to have all eggs in one basket again you know there are a lot of alternative economies and industries and opportunities in the Kimberley um, and and why are we so fixated on this, the short term dig it up fossil fuel industry and the old the old club thinking of you know short term fast bucks you know we need to be thinking sensible we need to be thinking long term about local economies that support culture and the economy um, for the Kimberley mm. uh, contributing to climate change as well and needless to say <laughs> which reminds me Sunday <laughs> the 29th 9am down at Town Beach I hope to see you all there <laughs> that's right this Sunday it's the People's Climate March Come along. 
Alrighty then. I think that's probably it for the show tonight. What do you guys reckon? I think so. Now, as we said at the start of the show, we're not going to be in next Monday. Uh, we're having a little bit of a break. But we will be back in two weeks' time. Same bat time, same bat channel. That's right. And in two weeks' time, we'll have the wonderful uh, Louise Beams talking a little bit about some wonderful mapping work that she's done of the Broome Peninsula. Oh, good. So oh, that um, sounds nice. Oh, yeah. oh, I'm going to tune in for that. Yeah. Please do. Wade Freeman from Australian Conservation Foundation, thanks so much for chatting to us tonight. Thanks, Kat. Thanks, Caitlin. Thanks, Wade. All right. Well, we'll head out tonight with a bit of Guns N' Roses. He's welcome to the jungle. Awesome. Awesome.